You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. What's up? What is up? Me. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thankfully, you, you are on the mend, as we discussed last week online. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of us had to go on the one-game injured list, and that oh, one person I would I don't be... Wish this injured, I, don't, I don't wish that injury list to anybody. <laughs> Man. Not at all. But you're back, you're healthy, you're ready to go, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier. My intestinal tract is still not 100%. I'm, I'm not trying to get, you know, that's staying away from the gross stuff, but it, it, my intestinal tract is still not 100%. Um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. listen, these things happen. I mean, it's it's never fun, and like I said, there's uh, picked a, a heck of a week to miss, uh, I mean, like just literally the opening opening week of uh, canadian football that's uh no, i i did but i was able to uh, i was you know I was under the weather for for most of tuesday monday tuesday wednesday you know i missed the raptors lose game five and i was started to get a little bit better getting some stuff into me i was okay by i think you know late thursday i actually tried to go into work i said everybody said i look like a ghost um you know so i basically waddled into work uh, it, that that was so mentally draining. I was just it, it totally exhausted. So I luckily I had Friday off anyways. So I was able to sleep in, get get some uh, get some food down my gullet, and uh, sleep some more. And you know I was able to watch the game. And uh, uh, it was nice to see the season back. It really was. It was nice to see the season back. And it's you know um, the first game had some some prizes. Uh, didn't have some surprises, uh, some things we expected, but um, we wanted to catch up just real quickly on some of the stuff that we did miss last week, uh, and then we'll get to uh, what's you know what was this past week and an interesting idea we have here at the Owlets Flight Deck for the pod next week, and I think we're going to give it a shot. I think Cliff, you sent something out on social, and it seemed to get uh, seemed to get some uh, pretty good uh, uh, traction going. So. Um, after we did our interview, you know, our special interview that with uh, with Vernon Adams, you know, the training camp finished up. We had our, our rosters were finalized, etc. Uh, I have to at least ask you before the obviously the the, the elephant in the room at that time. Um, any of the surprises for uh, for the ro- for the final rosters that you saw? I see. Uh... <sighs> I mean, look, there's some certain names I was expecting to be on the practice roster, and they did end up on the practice roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll just focus mostly on some of the bigger names that got cut. Uh, the one name that really kind of stood out for me was Dondre Wright. Uh, we've known Dondre for quite some time, a great kid out of uh, Henderson State. Uh, unfortunately, just got caught up in the numbers, really. And also, too, when the Alouettes go and sign a Taylor Loeffler, yep. play, playing in the free safety position, which uh, Dondre was in, uh, unfortunately, it, it really does become a numbers game. And, Plus, and, and as we found, Greg Reed beat him out mm-hmm. for, that, for that second uh, He's He's playing behind Loeffler, right? Is he playing behind Loeffler? I'm going to the rosters now. Greg. Well, uh, Who's Greg? Well, Greg's playing behind who? Well, at least in the first first week, who is he? Who who is Greg playing behind? He was actually playing behind uh, Marcus Cromati, who also is That's a addition this a new addition this year. So again, these are some of the the bigger names that have essentially forced Dondre out, which is never easy because again, this is a national talent as well. So. I mean, you got to be outstanding to be able to beat out a national talent, and that's unfortunately that's what's happened. Uh, so again, it's it's a shame because, as I said, uh, we've we've known Andre for quite some time now. He's always been a, 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 just a fantastic fellow to sit and chat with, uh, just sit and talk football with, and uh, he's still a young man. That's what gets me is that he's still young and he still has lots of football left in him. So I don't think it'll be too too long before he's before he's back and wearing someone's colors. And you never know with the way injuries happen in Canadian football. I mean, maybe a couple of things don't go Montreal's way. And guess what? He's back in the fold. So I I sincerely hope so because, again, I do think a lot of him. 
And uh, no matter what happens, though, I, again, he's uh, he's always welcome to join us here and, uh, you know, just sit and talk some more football. So uh, definitely w- wish all the best for, for Dondre and uh, best of luck to anything uh, that comes his way moving forward. Any other names that really stood out? Uh, let's see, I guess... Uh, well, we did, we did uh, keep. Obviously, we kept our we kept uh, uh, Enrique Yeni. He's on the practice roster. Uh, Hugo Richard may also made the uh, made the roster or the practice roster as a as a as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding it interesting because a lot of teams that we noticed just this past week too is that some teams are only going with two quarterbacks, which is a very interesting premise. Um, but obviously, the Owls are not. And uh, this past week kind of was a good thing, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, for me, uh, you know, nothing really, besides the one that you mentioned, nothing really stood out to me. I mean, it's, you got to get young guys somewhere, right? Right. Uh, what, two names that I'm very happy to see staying with the Alouettes on the practice roster are Tevin Floyd mm-hmm. out of the Citadel and Marcellus Pippins from Washington State. Yep. Uh, both these guys had tremendous preseasons. Uh, they, they performed fantastic in camp. Uh, they played extremely well in two preseason games. And I just figure, okay, that's again when it comes to linebacker and defensive back. I mean, it's it's a little bit crowded as far as talent goes, but these are the kind of guys that when their number is called, I got a feeling they're going to perform, and a lot of people are going to sit up and take notice. So, best thing for them right now is just bide their time, put the work in it, during practice. Uh, you know, soak up as much film as you can, talk to as many of the veterans as you can, just get that knowledge. Really, just soak it all in and learn as much as you can, and then just. Be ready. That's that's what it comes down to. When you're on the practice roster, you've got to be ready because you just never know. The minute someone gets hurt, bang, your number gets called. You've got to be ready to go. Yeah, no, it, it's true. But it's as I said, it, it's a new season. It's a new – every season's a new beginning no matter if you start on a new team. I mean – or, you know, if you start a new team for your free agency or whatever. But still, it's always a new year. Y'all, everybody starts at zero and zero. You know, everybody – you know – Everybody's you know, one team's always favored to win. Always one team is, is favored to to be the, the bottom dweller. So it's it, it is you know it, it is what it is. Uh, but you know from what we saw, I was happy with what you know with our uh, what I saw so far of our of our, our of our Alouettes. And now obviously the big thing, um, it just seems to this 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 carousel. You know, we I think last year we would have called it a clown car. I don't know what we would have called it. Not call it now. I think it's a little bit better. This is. It's still just as bad as it is, but supposedly, you know, with the with Mike Sherman being uh, relieved as 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 head coach and Kahari Jones being put in as the quote unquote interim, um, it just seemed like you know uh, everything everything you know uh, everything new is old again. Or, or is that it? What is it? What's it saying? <laughs> I believe it's everything old is new again. Yeah. But uh, in this case, yeah, everything or, or, or new same is same old, same old. You know, you know, uh, same. Sh- different day <laughs> so i mean that's what at least that's what it seemed i mean what was your thought when you when you first heard it come over the over the wire obviously i, I think i was the one who sent it to you or did you send it to me or i sent, I sent it to you yes you sent it to me so what was your thought when you first heard it i, I just started laughing to be honest with you i i, I just because i knew i knew the minute i, I logged onto twitter <laughs> because it was a saturday morning it was a saturday morning of cut down day I woke up and I start getting ready for my day, and I just happened to tr- flip on my phone and. Uh, what you were? Behold- you weren't watching Saturday morning cartoons and eating cereal. Do they still play Saturday morning cartoons? Like, dude, come on, think about it. What TV shows you you have? You have Teletoon. You got Retro. What is the Retro one? Uh, there's one. Uh, well, it's Teletoon Retro. Yeah, Teletoon. Yeah, Teletoon Retro. Of course, there's still no, no, I, there's no. But I mean, like, what, what I'm talking about is like back in the day, like when there's oh, only like four channels on yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, I know you can watch cartoons anytime. I mean, hello, YouTube. But uh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up and, and anyways, I'm I'm going off. Go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we could spend a we spend a podcast talking about Saturday morning cartoons yeah, easily. I know, I know. special <laughs> episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, no, I I got the I saw the notification and just oh my god! Like as soon as I I know the second I go on Twitter, <laughs> this team is just going to get roasted again and just dragged through the coals like oh god here 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 we go again man oh man like just and what what, what can you say at this point like you, you you go through the entire off season you go through training camp you go through your two preseason games you're about to announce your cuts find out who actually made this team oh, oh and the biggest cut of all is <laughs> your, the head coach your head coach yeah and the Alouettes took a literally literally up until the 9 9 p.m 
deadline to, to announce their rosters, if, yeah. if I remember correctly. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, that's that's all right. I mean, hey, at least Edmonton got their uh, cuts out uh, the day of and not uh, waited the, till the day after, which is normally what they do. <laughs> you talk about the cone of silence working uh, in Montreal. Well, hey, sometimes it extends out to other cities too. But uh, mm-hmm. but no, like just that's that's the thing. It's just the fact that okay, we and we were we were part of the conference call when uh, when the team announced that this move was happening, and the the main reason, according to uh, General Manager Kevin Reed, is that. It was due to Sherman's slow grasp of the Canadian game. Like, well, he had a slow grasp of the game again during the off season, during training camp, during during during. You see what I'm hearing? Yeah. Like it's like it, the 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 timing of the move is very suspect. And then you install Kahari Jones as the head coach. Okay, fine. At least Kahari Jones has CFL experience. He was a player in the league. He's been a coordinator in the league for a number of years. So, yes, it's not like you're just naming some random dude off the street as your next head coach. At least this guy has coaching coaching capabilities. It, it, to me, though, it's just the optics more than anything else, especially when this team is trying so hard not to look like a bunch of fools. And, like, you know, it, it's one of those instances, again, where you just can't get out of your own way. And that's really how it comes across. And quite frankly, at this point, like I said, I started the day laughing, just seeing this news and what else can you do? Really? I mean, it's just, you, you want so badly for this to work. You want things to work out and perhaps they will. I mean, this could very well be the, the, the secret formula that solves all the problems once and for all. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But at this point, like what else can you do? Like, well, there's, there's, there's literally nothing else you can do at this point. You've, You've pretty much, you've pretty much done it all at this point. I mean, really, what what really else is there to do at this point? Mm, yeah, yeah. <sighs> just another beginning. We always, as I just said, we try to look forward to the opening of a new season, and this garbage happens, right? <laughs> well, and, and what gets me too is you look at this team on paper, like this, the final roster when they finally decided who was going to make the cut, who was going to be on the 2019 Montreal Alouettes. And I tell you what, the the roster looks really solid. This is on paper a really good football team. Yeah, better. Than, I agree, better than last year. And now it comes down to well, you do you have the right coaches in place? Because yeah, you can have a great team, you could have all the all of this talent. But if they don't know how to, if you can't guide them in the right direction, if you're not giving them the proper place to work, I, I use the, the the analogy all the time of, but it's like buying a Ferrari and putting regular gas into it. You're just not going to get what you should out of out of your high performance machine. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's really what it is. Is you've got a Ferrari engine, but if these coaches don't have it, if they don't have the right plays, if they don't know how to get the most out of these players, if they're only getting the bare minimum out of these players. Then no, this team is not going to do well, and I, I want to believe in my heart of hearts that these coaches, once things get going, once the season gets rolling, they will get it figured out. They will have it all figured out. But just on the surface, like it, it's it makes it very hard to have complete and total confidence in any success. Obviously, yes, we want this team to do well, but whether or not they do, I mean, listen, if if they don't, it's certainly not because of the talent, because as I said, there is definitely a lot of talent on both sides of the football. It's just now a matter of getting this unit to gel, getting these guys to be on the same page and buy into whatever coach Jones now is, is selling. Cause it's especially now it's going to come down to him. I mean, talk about, I, I know he always wanted to be a head coach in the Canadian Football League. I'm sure he didn't envision it coming down this way. No, and also the Alouettes are still, still uh, there's still rumors going around of, of a big big CFL name coming in to be the new wide receiver coach. But everybody's been mentioned from who who are the names that have been that have been mentioned for this? It's been um, uh, well, former teammate of uh, Kahari's uh, Robert Gordon. Yeah, Robert Gordon. Yeah, yeah. That's because where was he coaching? Where was he coaching? It was I recent don't. too, mm-hmm. and I... not Robert Gordon University. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you don't talk and type at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to do it. Uh, I mean, his claim to fame was playing CFL Arena CFL. I mean, it was back to back to back. I mean, the, the dude's a the dude's a baller, man. He can play. He play. He can, we all know he can play. Who the hell did he coach with? I know it specifically. Was did he was he did he show up in the AAF? Uh, I don't immediately recall the name or his name with any team, but uh, I mean, oh, yeah, here it is. 
Uh, he was a, here. The last thing that this is what it was. The last time he was uh, the head coach for the Shenyang uh, Black Rhinos in the uh, in the China Arena Football League. Ah, he was uh, he was tapped to be their head coach, um, but their whatever reasons why it's not that they couldn't play. If everybody anybody knows when it comes to playing in China, you really have to be in the favor of the Chinese government in order to, for things to go properly. And this is, you know, Americans, this was Americans playing uh, arena football in China. So yeah, that, that's where he was. That's where that, I knew he was. So he really didn't get to coach, so to speak. But uh, I mean, has there anything been more on that that you've heard? Or is it still names that are still floating around? I, I've heard of a couple things floating around, but nothing really concrete. Nothing that's uh, that would be like a, a, a sure thing. But uh, again, with with this being the bye week for the Alouettes, I uh, I, I oh imagine God. in the next couple Cone of days we should be silence. hearing. Cone of silence. <laughs> <laughs> Cone of silence. Um, okay, so to move on, because um, yes, the season has already started. We at least we want to mention uh, how we think that the Alouettes are going to do at the end of the year. Uh, I'm sure, Cliff, you said it already in your. Uh, in your uh, season preview for the uh, your alternative, but uh, we want to at least mention to everybody who may not have read it what you think the team's going to do, and then I can go ahead and say what I think that how well the team's going to do. So we'll go, I might as well go ahead and start with you again. Uh, what mm-hmm. did you predict that the Alouettes were going to be this year? Well, as I said, this team on paper definitely has the makings of a good football team. Uh, for me, though, the the huge X factor is. Definitely the coaching. I mean, and this was before Mike Sherman was let go. I mean, essentially he had one year of CFL experience. Uh, you you had Kahari Jones, who, again, knows the league, knows the system, knows how things work. But he, he, he was going to be expected to not only be the offensive coordinator, but also the quarterback's coach. So, yes, we've got some good, solid quarterbacks now. And are they going to get the coaching that they need? And now with Kahari overseeing everything – He's just been spread that much more thin, so I'm yeah. I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out. So, to me, and again, I'm not putting any of the coaches down. It's just a simple fact of it. You want this to be addition by subtraction, and you you hope that the team will end up actually doing better as a result. Like they use this as a rallying point, like to really back Kahari's play, because apparently all the players are all in on Kahari. So there's no no potential issue for mutiny or anything like that in Yalowitz locker room, which right. is always a good thing. Right. Uh, to me though, it, it really is going to come down to the coaching more than anything else. I mean, the, the team itself has the talent. Uh, I mean, obviously it's going to take time for them to gel as, and become a unit, like a, a, as one football team for me though, it's the coaching that I can't help but worry about because I mean, especially now, like now you've got Kahari Jones, who's doing a little bit of everything, uh, you still have a defensive coordinator who hasn't been in a football locker room in six years, and a few other issues that are just. Uh, I again, when it comes to coaching on this team, I I obviously want the best, but I just there's more questions than answers, and I sincerely hope as the season progresses that I end up being proven wrong. And hey, guess what? This actually ended up working out really well, but I got to be realistic too, and. Again, it's to me that's what's really keeping me from being super positive and saying, "Oh yeah, the Alouettes are going to do you know twelve and six or something like that." I mean, I, I joked earlier this year that this team will not go eighteen and zero, and they will not go zero and eighteen. Oh. They'll be somewhere in the middle of that. So uh, that's what I said before, and I'm sticking to it. I, this team will win games. This team will lose games. I just can't give you a combination as, as of right now as to what that number will be. All I can tell you is they will not go undefeated. Well, as and we, they as will we found, not as we they, found as we found out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this team will not be perfect, but they will not be zero and eighteen. That much I can promise you. Okay, so you actually never gave a, a win amount. Now, okay, then my question to you is: Will they make the playoffs? <laughs> Again, it's. <laughs> It's so hard right now. It's just there's more questions than answers right now. Like that's 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 the thing is okay, what what is the I, I, what I, I, what is your non-politician answer, Cliff? Yes, that is my non-politician answer. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I mean, yes, we want them to make the playoffs, but do you think they'll make the playoffs? Everything aside, <laughs> everything aside, no, they won't. Okay. I, Again, I, I hope they do. I, I, I do want too. to be. Pro- yeah. I want nothing more than be proven wrong. Yeah, I, I want to be proven wrong. I will gladly eat the crow, but just based on what I'm seeing right now, 
as of this recording, I just can't say 100% that yes, this team will make the playoffs. Yeah, I think they want. I want but I want to be proven wrong. I want I want you to throw it in my face, Alouette's team. I want you, like, even though you know I, I got your back, but I want you to say, hey, guess what, sucker? You said this team couldn't make the playoffs. Well, guess what? Bam. Go go go! Watch a playoff game. Yeah, that's what I want. I, I I want this team to do that. They want you to they want you to eat Lark. Exactly, <laughs> and I will I will choke it down with a, a big minute. old smile what did on you my say face. Say earlier this year, and I had to bring it up because we didn't talk about it. What was the statement that you said that you would eat a hat if? What was it? You and I you and I talked about oh, it at the oh. preseason game. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, son of a bee! I uh, you don't remember? I, I honestly don't. Yeah, I, I don't remember. remember either. That's the thing because it it was pretty good, but. But I'll tell you what, if I didn't have even just a little bit of faith in this team, mm, mm. and you you were witness to it, because yeah. we went to Atlantic City, I put money down on the Alouettes yeah. winning the Great Cup. Yeah. So yeah. as did I, as did I. That wasn't much, but still, it was it was a it was a it was it was symbolic, uh, uh, and uh, of our uh, of our support. Of course, but uh, the point I, is, it, it, but again, I, yeah. I, for me, I actually put a win total. I'm, I I gave them seven wins. Uh, I also too said that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Um, I, you know, as you said, I'd rather uh, be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong. Uh, for all we know, things are going to get better. I mean, uh, Kahari is a, a CFL head coach. I think it's something that we've been wanting. Uh, I think it's just a matter of uh, are, are the Owls, are they going to stay with what they have? I mean, once it, whoever comes in as their wide receiver coach, will that take something off of Kahari? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we got a little bit more to talk about about game one and what our thoughts are about that. But, uh, um, Again, I, I just want to be like you. I just want to be proven wrong. So, and who knows? Like now that Kahari is installed as head coach, I'm hoping that they do let him bring in the help that he needs. And I like to think that if he's allowed to hire the people he wants to, that at least it's people that he knows has CFL experience, mm-hmm. not as as opposed to just being saddled with whatever coaches were willing to come on board and be a part of this team. Because that's, that's really the impression that I got more than anything else. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with you. And to a lesser extent, to a lesser and to a lesser extent, you could also say the same thing about Kahari because I'm sure he just wanted to come in and get some coaching done. That's mm-hmm. probably why he came to Montreal. I don't know if he had designs or if he thought that, you know, if I just sort of stick around and bide my time, maybe I could be the head coach here. Maybe that was his strategy. Who knows? But well, uh, bazing. He's, he's here now. Yeah. It, hey, it worked. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if that's the case, I mean, if, if he's given a chance to run the ship properly, if he's given the opportunity to bring in the people that he needs to, and I like to think that at least Kahari – has enough connections. He knows enough people within the league that if he needs to bring in, say, a wide receiver coach or uh, another assistant head coach or, or God forbid, you know, another position coach of some sort, he would at least know enough to just insist on certain people because they have that CFL experience. Hopefully that actually does become important at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, I, I guess they can only it, it's only a certain uh, I guess only only so much that they can, you know, do within this within the, Within the season itself, but I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess we'll have to, I guess we'll have to find out. So, um, but, yeah, hey, are yeah, we- I realize it's not going to be easy because they also have the, uh, the what do you call it, the the coach the salary cap, and I'm sure they're going to have to pay oh, Sherman I for hate, at least I this year. They, Sorry, suppose, supposedly they are. I hate that too, by the way. That that kind of cheeses me. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. it does. It's like I get it, but but still, you know, there's got to be some. <laughs> yeah, but still is the best argument. <laughs> Yeah, well, but still, um, I, I just wish there was. I just wish there was some something else that they could that they would be allowed to do. You know, when there is a a a, a firing or, or or whatever. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I, I'm with you. But I, I guess you know I'll, I'll go to the I'll go to the standby. But still, I, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Now the Alouettes opened up the 2019 regular season on the road, and for the something that they have never done, uh, Cliff, they opened up for the first time in team history at Edmonton. They've never done this before. It's very rare for the Alouettes to open up at a Western Conference city. Very, and, and as we know, winning at, at Edmonton has not been the easiest thing to do. At all, not in recent years. Not at least, yeah, at least for the, not the last ten straight times. I mean, or whatever it is, it's ten straight losses. Uh, nine straight, was nine straight or ten straight leading in. The, um, but still, um, the Alouettes put up a, a, you know, they put up one hell of a fight, in my opinion. I mean, they were down. I think I don't know how much, uh, how much uh, of eye rolling you were doing at halftime. 
considering that they were down six. It wasn't that bad at halftime, but I think what was demoralizing for the Owl, uh, who were down 16-8 at half, was that touchdown at the end of the half, wasn't it? Among other things, I mean, it's it, the, the first half really did feel like, as I've said, uh, another preseason game. And that's essentially how you have to look at the first game of the season. I'd say and I'd say this for any team really is you're yeah. still trying to figure out, trying to get the kinks worked out. You're still trying to figure out who this team is. And you can say that for pretty much all nine teams. I, I, I got a feeling you're going to you're going to hear that a lot is just the, trying to find themselves and trying to make sure everything comes together because don't forget you only get two preseason games and that's not nearly enough time to uh-huh. know exactly what you have on your team mm-hmm. it, it it's it, it, it takes time so I, I get it and yeah the that first half was well I th- okay I, but not great well I think I say it, it, the, the sign of it was exactly what how long it took out it you know the Alouettes get the ball the uh, unfortunately they I think it was a, it was a missed field goal I think uh, for for a single. And then they, you know, Edmonton basically drives down the field for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so uh, either way, I mean, the Alouettes ended up losing uh, after a valiant second half effort, uh, 32-25. I actually thought the game was over at one point. Uh, that's the second time this week, two different leagues where I thought a game was over and it said it openly. And uh, I was uh, semi-wrong in one and I was completely wrong in the other. Um, <laughs> but, uh, again, uh, I think the Alouettes did a, a you know, a, a pretty damn good job, every, everything considering. So, um, yeah, it was a miss yeah, yeah, for a single, a yeah, single out of bounds. Um, but I think one of the biggest questions now is, and, I guess, and even though going into the bye week, I may, I guess is the good, the best thing that, that could happen. Uh, is that, uh, Alouette's uh, anointed starter, Antonio Pipkin went down. With what looked to be a an ankle injury, I don't know if you saw it the exact same way, but to me it looked like an ankle injury. Yeah, he got rolled up on by uh, Josh Johnson of the Eskimos, trying to make a just make your make your standard everyday tackle, and uh, yeah, unfortunately just got kind of caught up underneath Antonio a little bit and uh, rolled his ankle. And the Alouettes just were not going to take any chances. They summoned a friend of the show, Vernon Adams, to uh, to be the quarterback. And uh, I tell you what, though. Uh, a lot of people were down on the Alouettes. Uh, again, at one point, this the, the game was they were down twenty-five to eight, and there's just something about that calm veteran presence that Vernon Adam has. And it's kind of funny to call him a veteran, but I mean, he's been in the league for four years. He knows this league pretty well now. So I, uh, I have to say, he he is a veteran, a young veteran, but he is a veteran, and he knows what it takes to win. And that's what he did. He just took this team on his back. And he he, he he got the best out of them. And he, he marched them downfield, and they got scoring. They, they got things excited. Like, all of a sudden, it got really quiet at Commonwealth Stadium. I know. Like they, Everybody thought this game was in the bag, and that the Alouettes were the same losers as always, and blah, blah, blah. But no, guess what? Vernon Adams was not having any of that. He said, this team is going down swinging, and I am I am the captain now. That's that's That was his... You can see it in his eyes. You can see that this is my team, and I'm going to show you how we're going to win this game. And by God, he damn near did it. He, yeah, he did. And the Alouettes ended up scoring, I mean, 17 points in the fourth quarter. The Alouettes have not done something like that since back in 2015, where they scored 16. Um, uh, but it's, you know, I said it was. It just seemed that everything was going perfectly, but everything just wasn't. I mean, the defense. Uh, you know, I, I really railed on the defense on social media after the fact, but let's get let's get to the to the head the heads here, and and we'll talk a little bit about it more. Uh, Antonio Pipkin was uh, seven uh, seven of seventeen for fifty seven, only fifty seven yards and a touchdown. Uh, Vernon Adams, after he came in, was seven of ten, 134 yards, one interception, and one TD. Um, uh, rushing Vernon Adams, uh, thirteen yards. Uh, Pipkin had forty-five, and Stanbeck. Stanbeck went out, and then this was this was the huge plus in the second half, especially in the fourth. Stanbeck ended up going off for seventy-six yards with a long longest run of uh, of forty-two. Also had a touchdown. Uh, receiving for the Alouettes, uh, mm-hmm. 
for his uh, uh, inaugural game. Sorry, B.J. Cunningham actually led the team. Uh, nine targets, seven receptions, 96 yards, and a, and a touchdown. Uh, in his Alouette's debut, DeVar Posey uh, had uh, nine targets, three receptions for, th- for 37 yards, and a touchdown. Eugene Lewis also got into it, four targets, two receptions, 41 yards. Um, but the big thing that stands out, Cliff, is the stats for the Edmonton Eskimos. I mean, just in general, the Alouettes gave up 600 total yards of offense. We don't need to go mm-hmm. into the stats. Everybody's seen the box scores already. We know how Trevor Trevor Harris did and, and how they how, how C.J. Gable just went off. But they gave up yeah. six over 600 yards of total freaking offense. Uh-huh. You're not going to win. And no. And that no. and that's and, why and that that's why to me it was concerning. Yes, as you said, and I agree with you. It's like another preseason game, but it was basically a tale of. Can we say it was a tale of two halves? A tale of. <laughs> I mean, they. Sport- I'd say I'd say it's more of a tale of two quarterbacks. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not trying to put down Antonio Pipkin or anything like that. Stats it was just show though, dude. Just look at the stats. I mean, stats don't mean obviously well, mean everything, but I think when you put in the stats, you put in comp- what seemed to be composure in sp- uh, sparking the offense, you know, 17 uh, fourth quarter points, tying up the game, you know, but but when your defense is so gassed as it was, it was bound to, ha- you know, what happened was bound to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, no, P- Pipkin did, uh, sorry, Vernon did less with his 10 attempts than Pipkin did in his 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the yards were almost three to one in passing. Yeah. So, and I'm saying it's early. Joey Effieri with TSN 690 has said, you know, we know he likes Vernon like we do. Um, con- he was saying that there could be a, a quarterback controversy. It's another week in between. Uh, you know, Cliff, well, I mean, uh, do they, the thing is, unfortunately, I think for as you know, I can't say, sorry, that's not, that's not fair. That's not fair to, that's not fair to Antonio. I like, I like Pipkin too, but I think it's just a matter of, I, I, I think it's just a matter of that you need to give the, you need to give um, you need to give and uh, Pipkin the chance to to be the to be the I guess the the everyday quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's been one of the many many problems in Montreal is the, the panic. If things don't go right, is you got to change it with somebody else. And oh, you got to trade for this guy. Oh, oh no, we got to sign this guy instead. Or we got to put someone else in instead. Like, like this is what leads to the quarterback clown car is to constantly make change and. Again, if it's injury related, that's one thing. You can't always predict it. You, you really can't predict injuries. You can't predict when someone's going to go down and how long they're going to be out for if they do go down. But it's just a matter of when you choose the quarterback and they they made their choice. They decided, okay, Pippen's going to be our guy, and barring injury, we're going to let him ride things out. And that's pretty much what what happened. Uh, and, and I have I, no I, problem saying that Pipkin is the our Montreal Alouette starting quarterback. I have no problem with that. I'm and you and I talked about this over and over again. We're happy with our three. Mm-hmm. They have some experience. Not you know we're not talking not a lot. Of, you know not not you know at least uh, all star experience yet. But they have their experience in each have their pluses and minuses. I, I'm just I just wanted to know where this where the Antonio Pipkin was that played as well as he did. In the first half versus Ottawa, yes, I know it was a preseason game, but still, I want to know where that Antonio Pipkin was. I don't know what changed in the mm-hmm. well, besides the head coach. Um, <laughs> that may have been that may have been the big thing too. It may have been distraction. I don't know. Plus, also too, it could just be that uh, Pipkin was just putting a lot of pressure on himself too. And sometimes you can psych yourself out. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're you're given the keys to the car, and you, the last thing you want to do is crash the car. Sometimes you just you start overthinking and you start getting so worried that you don't want to make a mistake that invariably you do end up making mistakes. And I, I really want to believe that's all it was with Pipkin was he just got a little bit ahead of himself. Uh, some of his decision making was a little suspect. I mean, he, he's the kid's a playmaker. There's no question about that. It's just a matter now of he's just got to not overthink things and just trust himself, trust his receivers, trust his running back, trust that the O-line is going to give him the time to work, which at times they did. But there was also a lot of times, too, like. He, he he even with all the time in the world he still didn't make the right decisions and chalk it up to uh, you know just a, a small bit of experience chalk it up to you know putting too much pressure on yourself i don't know what it is you'd have to ask antonio what was going through his head at those particular moments but these are the things that we're going to have to accept more than anything else is accept the fact that 
this is a young man who's going to make mistakes, but the talent is there. It's just a matter of he's got to have confidence in himself that he can get the job done, and we've got to have the confidence in him that he can get the job done. Uh, to me, though, I, I'm, I'm just in- incredibly thankful that we have a Vernon Adams in the lineup because as much as we thought that maybe he should have been given the starting quarterback role simply because he does have actual CFL experience a lot more than what Pipkin does, and it's just the way he commands the pocket, or the, the huddle, I should say, stays in the pocket, and he actually does make some pretty smart decisions as well. I I, I get it. To me, I, I'm, I'm likening Vernon now to what Kevin Glenn was, especially towards the end of his career. What was he? The insurance policy. That's what he, that's what Vernon Adams is. Is He's an insurance policy. You know that if your quarterback has problems, if things don't go right, if, God forbid, he gets hurt, you put Vernon Adams in, and you're going to be fine. You're going to be in a much better position than you were before your quarterback got hurt. And I, maybe that's ultimately what uh, Vernon's role is going to be, is just that be that quarterback. I mean, I, I still believe strongly in Vernon. I, 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 still, I saw the work ethic in training camp. I've seen everything that he's gone through in his CFL career here. I know he can be a full-time player in this league. Mm-hmm. But I also understand, too, that Pipkin's the uh, the wonderkins. He's the... Uh, he could be the next Bo Levi Mitchell if we give him the chance to be. So, if, uh, and in a case like that, then a guy like Vernon Adams will just have to accept the fact that he may end up having to be just the backup quarterback or that insurance policy. And you know what? Maybe, maybe that's how it's got to be. Maybe that's how. I mean, that's what his destiny is: is to be that player. But you know what? He's still going to help this team win games. And I think that's what's key right now: is if we find out during the bye week that. Pipkin can't go. I have absolutely no problem whatsoever letting Vernon drive the car. Let him run this team as he sees fit. And if over time, depending on how long, this, how bad this injury is to Pipkin, if it's got to be Vernon Adams for the next two, three, four games, then so be it. I, I have complete confidence in what he can do. And when the time is right, you want to reintroduce Pipkin back into the fold. I, I'm pretty sure that Vernon will be more than happy to step aside if need be and let him do his thing because he is all about supporting his teammates. He's all about being there for, for guys like Pipkin, for yep. Matthew Schultz and that. Like the, that's that's how it came across to me during all, all those training camp sessions and just in talking with him as well is that he wants to be a part of something special. And this is his opportunity. And I, I think if you were to ask Vernon right now what he thinks of everything, like I, I think he'd be the first person to say, yes, I want this team to win. I'm going to do everything I can to help this team win. And – if I have to give the team back to Antonio at some point, then here it is, man. I, I hope I kept it in as good a condition as possible for you. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your thought on on, on the defense? Um, I thought was very surprising is that you very rarely see for a team that holds the ball almost ten minutes more than your opponent and loses. That happened just to be the case with the with the Alouettes this past week, also. Um, mind you, they you know they they had some great drives in the in the in the fourth quarter, but still uh, another nine, you know nine minutes uh, and you lose. Um, but I mean, defense wise, you know Taylor Loeffler in his debut, ten tackles. That's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. Marcus Cromartie, ten uh, seven tackles. Uh, Patrick Levels, uh, eight. Those are the guys we brought over. Mm-hmm. You know, Asante uh, Evans, he had six. You know, it's very surprising. Tommy, Tommy Campbell with the great strip uh, strip sack and uh, yeah, leading to a, one of uh, Edmonton's four turnovers. Yep, he had, and he had five. See, that's the other thing too. We so many turnovers. It's, it's I think that's what's frustrating, and I think that that goes to show that how it, they're just Edmonton was just so efficient. I mean, just look at the numbers alone, dude. We 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 you and I both know just so efficient. Mm-hmm. I mean, total what was it? Total number of plays was fifty-two to seventy, I think, in favor of, of the Eskimos. I'm, I'm trying to read how this reads here on the stats. Yeah, so. no, you're absolutely right. I mean, like they they definitely had their their act together. Like they they let Montreal back into the game. Let's 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 not forget that. Like they uh, they, they were up twenty-five to eight at one point. They mm-hmm. could have they 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 didn't put the foot down on the throat and just eliminate Montreal. They let them back into the game. So I mean, that's. That's on them a little bit, but that's also uh, a plus though for Montreal I mean, too. That's a plus for us. Oh, for no question. I mean, this game again, it, it really came down to as we as we've been told so many times, 
is especially when it comes to preseason and it comes to player evaluations that it's you're never as good as you think you are but you're never as bad as you think you are and that's really what it came to when it came to this game was montreal was not the uh the the rotten pile of garbage that everybody seems to make them out to be Mm -hmm. no this is a team that a couple more breaks here and there they actually could have won this game uh edmonton they they prove that even though they've had a, a fair bit of upheaval with their uh, offseason, like they've, they've got a lot of good pieces in place. And it's just a matter of when it all comes together properly. And again, I'm sure they, they would probably look back at the film and like, oh, man, we should have done this. We should have done that. And every team is going to do that. that. That's to be expected. But they've got some good pieces in place. But how I look at this game overall, like most people are like, are you mad at the Alouettes lost? I'm like, well, I... I, you know, I went in with no expectations. I just, yeah. I just want to see a, a good football game. And guess what? We got a good football game. And I think Alouettes fans, I think the the entire league had to sit up, sat up and take notice and say, you know what? Maybe this Alouettes team isn't so bad. Maybe they're not, you know, the the flaming wreckage that everybody makes them out to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few things, a couple of bounces here and there, I mean, a couple, uh, a couple of things worked a, a little bit more in their favor. We could have been talking about the Alouettes' first win in Edmonton in a long time. I know. I mean, that, that's to me, that's incredible. To me, like moral victories don't count in the standings, obviously, but in a sense, I, I think once Vernon came in, took over the game, he brought this team back to respectability. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of uh, fans are just now looking at the Alouettes' teams like, you know what? Maybe there is something to this team. Maybe if they can get their act together, maybe if they've got the now that Kari's the coach, and if uh, Vernon's able to calm everybody down and if they can just get this defense in order a little bit, maybe this team could be worth uh, worth something. It could, could be worth uh, watching and uh, paying attention to. That's true. Uh, I, I, I actually, I, I completely agree with you 100%. Now, something that we do every year, we decided to go ahead and, and bring it back. So you mentioned this in the, in the pregame chat that we had that we should we might as well go ahead and bring this back. And I agree with you. It's something we need to do. Um, we're going to grade the team. We are going to grade the team each week on, on their performance. And uh, then we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Um, uh, I will start, and I will. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, as anybody saw my saltiness on 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 Twitter this week, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Hashtag uh, was it not on the football field in ten years? Something like that. I can't remember. Or six years? I can't remember what. Something like that. <laughs> so, oh, you didn't see You didn't see it. <laughs> I saw it. Okay. Oh yeah, no, you were you were you were good and snarky about it. Yeah, I was good and snarky <laughs> about it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I, yes, they only gave up 32 points, but it's just how much I'm, I, I'm, I want to give the defense an F, but, uh, you know, they actually did keep them in the game. So I, it seems silly to say that. I'm, I'm giving him a D. I'm going to give the defense a D. You? Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to agree with you. I think, uh, Yes, there were some definitely some nice moments. They did cause turnovers. They did, you know, make some plays happen. But at the same time, too, there was just so many key moments in the game where it just looked like the defense was letting Edmonton walk all over them, literally. Uh, Trevor Harris was again. He is an Alouette's killer, so I you have to come to expect it. But again, the the number of four hundred forty seven passing yards against this team yeah. against this defense is just. You're not going to win football games that way. At least you're not supposed to win football games that way. I mean, that's a, the, you can't say anything about the talent on this team. There's definitely some talented defensive players, and we got to see glimpses of that. But it's all got to come together, and they've all got to work as a unit. And that just didn't happen overall. So yeah, I have to go with you and definitely give the, the defense a D. Yeah, uh, offense. Um, I was. You know, first half wise, I probably would have given them a D also, but I was actually impressed uh, how the team was able to turn things around. And yes, I understand it took a an injury to Antonio Pipkin to to jumpstart this team, but uh, overall, um, you know, considering how well they did in the, I said something they've done in quite a long time in the fourth quarter, scoring as many points as they did. I would, pro- I'm gonna just be fair on it, and I will just, uh, you know, I'll average it out. And I will give uh, I will give the offense uh, I'll give the offense a, a a C, but I would give them an A in the fourth in the fourth quarter for sure. Okay, no, I I'd say it's fair. I mean, yeah, you have to look at it pretty much as a tale of two quarterbacks, and the offense under Pipkin just looked disjointed and had a hard time getting things going. Whereas the minute Vernon stepped in, like it just almost felt like a light switch went off, and all of a sudden, boom, we've got a team that. 
knows what the hell they're doing. We've got receivers that know how to catch the ball. We've got a running back that plows through people. We've got an offensive line that gives the quarterback plenty of time to make make his throws, make his reads. All of a sudden, everything just clicked, and it almost felt like you just replaced the entire team with a whole new team. Like that, how, how does that happen? And really, the only change was it was Vernon Adams under center as opposed to Antonio Pipkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said the, the, they definitely made some mistakes. They definitely uh, didn't do things right, and of course they didn't didn't finish the game. They didn't seal it. Uh, to me, I would have to say I'm going to take this as an overall, like just as you said, like. You know, like you, uh, you sort of split up the grade a little bit, but I'm going to give a, a, an overall grade. I'm going to say B minus. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough when it, if I think if one quarterback would have gone through maybe, but uh, okay, no, I think it's that, that's that's fair. I think you went a little high, but I think it's that's fair. But still, I'm trying to remember the last time the Alouette scored 25 points. <laughs> Well, the last game of the season last year, they they had twenty eight, I believe, Actually, was the they, final they, score. They did two in a row, they scored forty. But I'm saying, I mean, it's this early in the season as of late. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I'm just looking at the scores from last year. Yeesh. Yeah, I, I'm, let, let's not forget too. Like as as we said, there's been some tough times over the past couple of years, and season openers have not been the exciting affair that they should be because of any number of reasons. So the fact that the Alouettes were able to get the pe- people throughout the entire league talking at least getting to sit up and take notice as to what's going on. Like just the fact that they, they came this close to making the comeback and actually beating Edmonton at home. I mean, that's again, don't, let's not forget this team was, uh, the, uh, the Eskimos were favored by double digits. Oh, were they that I did not know to start the opening line was, uh, I think 10 and a half, I believe. So, I mean, I'm sure the Alouettes felt disrespected to run off the hop with that one. The fact that they were able to get within seven, to me, that's like I said. Moral victories don't count for anything in the standings, but when you take a look at, when you take an overall look at what happened, the fact that they had to fight, they came back and they didn't quit. That's the thing. They they could have just slumped their shoulders and accepted their fate, but no. Especially Vernon Adams wanted to prove that this team can win. He wanted he wanted this bad, and as I said, he came this close to doing it. A couple of miscues here and there, it happens, but. He he did what he had to do, and this team responded in kind. They they bought in to what he was selling, and to me, I think that that's what counts more than anything else. Is you know what you came this close, you beat a pretty good football team. The only people that are going to call you losers if you act like a loser, then people are going to think of you as a loser. As far as I was concerned, that fourth quarter alone, the Alouettes acted like winners. They acted like a team that wanted it bad enough, right? And they, as I said, they they came this close to getting it, and. I think a lot of fans sat up and took notice. I think they really responded well. And I, I think there's definitely something here. It's just certain things have to be fine-tuned a little bit. But again, this is game one of 18. So there's plenty of opportunities now for them to work on those things, to correct any mistakes. And as it sits right now, this is not a bad team. That's that's That was my takeaway of it. And I think that's how you have to look at it on an overall perspective is, you know what? There is something here. It's just a matter now of nurturing it and making it grow and making it into something that everybody can see. So it's going to take time. But I, I came away, I, I came away feeling like maybe things aren't going to be so bad after all. It's right. going to be a tough season still because of all the upheaval of all the changes and things like that. And there's still so many questions that are surrounding this team as a whole. But you know what? From what we saw on the field, that fourth quarter in Edmonton. There's there's stuff to be positive about, and it, that's it, good. It, it was a, it was a for the first fresh, time in a long time. There's it was a breath of fresh air. Uh, exactly, breath of fresh air. Like you just all of a sudden felt okay. We just might have something here, here, folks. Let's let's see what happens. Like that to me, that's good. To me, that like that gives a, just a sign of hope, a, a sign of hey, maybe things aren't so bad after all. Let's let's give this team a chance and let's see what they can do. Yeah. What is your thought, by the way? Because obviously there's no game this week, and that's why we're thinking of this unique show that we're going to do next week. We're thinking, well, we'll, we'll mention it a little bit later. We'll mention it a little later. But we're thinking of doing something interesting. What's your What's your thought of, of the Alouettes having such an early bye week? This is the earliest bye week the team has ever had. Before that, it was done twice before, one in 2016 and one in 2002, where they had it in week three. So what's your thought on the Alouettes having such an early bye week? It's kind of weird. Uh, it's something I'm not used to. I mean... Now we just have to accept the fact that uh, all teams are going to get three bye weeks this year. Uh, but to have it so early, to me, I'm going to look at it hopefully as a blessing in disguise. 
as I said, first game of the year. Treat it like a, a third preseason game, even though it counts in the stands. Take the bye week, especially now, especially with Kahari, just to get him completely settled. He's got that first game under his belt. He can now take a look back and see what he needs to do to make correct any little mistakes or anything like that, and maybe speak with coaches. Let the players get refocused, and now when they get back to practice this coming week, now they'll be ready to go. Now they can feel like the season truly is underway. Mm-hmm. They've got their people in place, and they know who's who's a part of this team, and they can actually finally start truly working together as a cohesive unit. So I'm hoping that that's how it's going to shape up, is having this bye week right off the hop. It's kind of weird, but I guess every team has to go through it eventually. Very. Yeah, well, like I said, well, Toronto had, Toronto had it week one. So Yeah. What I find really weird, though, is that there's three teams on the bye this week, Montreal, Winnipeg, and Calgary. Like, that's oh, peculiar. Yeah. That, is, that is just – that is just – I guess they got to, like, as you said, there's now three of them. They got to work them in, you know, the second year in a row they've, that they've had three bye weeks. So yeah, I, I, I guess they're trying to avoid having teams playing like three games in 10 days or. Oh, that, yeah, not. that was. Oh, yeah. I think that was one of the big things when it came to safe, you know, player safety, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came to game uh, to how many when you how many games you played in a row, uh, you know. No comment to what else happened on the on the field this past week, but <laughs> right. And I, I actually want to take a, a second uh, and Go I just ahead. want to clarify clarify something because yes. uh, I don't know if you remember Tim, but uh, remember I kind of went off on uh, Riders uh, fans a little bit, uh, bagging on the Alouettes for not scoring much in their preseason game, but they only managed to score one point. Yeah, I kind of made a, a bit of a flippant comment about uh, Zach Claros being like a Fabergé egg. I, I just want to make it clear. I have nothing against Zach Caleros, <laughs> and I, I feel awful that he's unfortunately suffered uh, yet another injury. But uh, my God, like this this kid, he's just been through he's been through hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like when it comes to like whether it's tearing up his knee or concussion issues, and honestly, like that shot he took from Simone Lawrence was brutal. And uh, some, uh, in case you're living under a rock, Simone Lawrence did get uh, a two-game suspension, which I believe is now also under appeal. I hate the appeal process in the CFL. It is an utter. F- I'm sorry. I know we had it a couple of years ago too when it came with with uh, a couple of our players. Uh, you know, Jerron Carter being one of them. It's a farce. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute farce. And, and and you know, the guys at Piffles have made it, it made it quite clear. There are two guys so far that that got caught doing something, whether it be off the field or whatnot. And and they were a part of major impacts of games this past week, which Absolutely. technically they should not. In my opinion, they sh- they shouldn't. Uh, game time should have been taken away, no matter if you move teams or not. Game time should have been taken away. Yeah, I mean, you can hit them in the pocketbook, and that's a, definitely a, a good way to do it. Like for some players, that is, uh, you know, the, the, it definitely makes them think twice at least. But I mean, nothing like nothing. Nothing's gonna like to, to me. The the taking away playing time, taking away that that one game or two games, or whatever it is, they notice it not just in the it, it, you know financially, but they notice it like on being on the field, not being on the field, and being a part of that. Like it, it makes a huge difference, and. Does, any, yeah, does yeah. anybody think though that if, if Lawrence does play this week, that that uh, it's going to cause a little bit of animosity and they may go after him? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and I mean, not, I, guess, I mean, we know baseball; it's it's an, it's an unwritten rule type of thing. But you know, it, mm, I don't know. We'll see. Well, and that's just that's what it boils down to: is you've got like all these guys are part of the players' union, and. It's so funny that like these guys were harping for player safety and they want to be taken care of and everything like that. And that's all well and good, and they definitely deserve that. But when yeah. you got players that play like that, and it, it it's hard to justify it. It's hard to sort of turn a blind eye and say, well, maybe he should have done this or he should have done that. But like it's at the end of the day, like what happened happened. And now you got Caleros out. He's on the six game list. And to tell you the truth, I I have to wonder if it would even be smart for him to come back. Like. Like all the, all these know. concussions that that well, keep happening. AC, unfortunately, we know AC knew when to walk away, and makes me wonder. No, I I look at uh, Zach Lairs now. It's like it seems like he's this generation's Buck Pierce. Like I mean, when he plays, he's a heck of a quarterback. But man, when he t- he gets hit, he gets hit hard, and he just takes a beating. I I I don't know. I mean, if I'm clear, and just the fact too that the the Riders still believed in him they still gave him a huge signing bonus and now he's he's back on the sidelines again like that's that's tough i mean i 
Also, <laughs> the CFL uh, other process, I know it's done in a, with an independent arbitrator. I think it still needs to be done within five days. Agreed. You, you have to get it done within, the, you know, make the decision the day after and then it, and then go from there. Because if you're playing a Thursday game and you get to play again, you know, something's not right. No, you're you're absolutely right. And it's something that's got to be, especially too, like, now with a, a brand new CBA and you know what components are a part of it. And again, you, again, I, I can't stress enough the fact that the, the union members, the players union, they push so hard to get certain uh, clauses and certain uh, uh, benefits, if you will, put in, in place to protect them as players. Like Because, yeah, they, they put their bodies on the line. But that's everybody, as you can see. And when you have stuff like this that happens, and you've got other instances where players almost benefit from these different circumstances, it's 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 not the best look for the league, and it's not the best look for the players as a whole either. So it's, you know, I'm just hoping that going forward that players are just just play a little bit smarter. That's that's really what it boils down to is just be better. That's that's really all you can expect from these players is just to. Just be better. Like, understand you're out there. You're, you're They're all in this together. Even if you're playing for different teams and there's different salaries at, at stake and things like that, you're still all part of the greater good. And like, you just got to take care of each other out there at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, I agree with you on that one. So no game this week. Um, you came up with a very interesting idea, and it's something that I, I think we're going to try to get done in the same exact room. <gasps> who would have thought um we just have to come to the figure out uh probably would be you know dude probably be best done here um but we're gonna you wanted to try something different and those who didn't see your social media tweet what did you want to do and i think i thought it was a pretty good idea and, and just let everybody know what we're gonna what we're gonna try to do next week well uh for you folks that uh, don't follow or haven't been following it in ages uh back in the day there was a couple of dvds released from for all the cfl teams including the Montreal Alouettes, kind of a sort of a highlights thing, just basically talking about the history of the Alouettes and showing amazing plays and amazing moments in Alouettes history. And I just kind of floated the idea to Tim, like, hey, what do you think of like doing a, a sort of a, a watch party, if you will? Like just just watch the these DVDs, turn the mic, the podcast mic on, and we just comment on, you know, offer up our thoughts and commentary on it. And Tim seems to like the idea, and I I floated it out there on the Alouette's Flight Deck Twitter. You know, would would you folks be interested in it? And apparently, there's quite a bit of interest uh, from what I can see. At least the last time I checked, there was uh, a good number of folks who are like, "Yeah, you you got to do this. You we we definitely want to we want to see your we want to hear your thoughts on it." So you know what, folks, uh, well well, I think we're gonna make this happen. We're gonna makes do me a pod- wonder if, if we can try to do also a live stream on on youtube that's not a bad idea either i i think because uh, again like unless you folks are watching what we're watching that you I, I i guess radio or podcast can only sort of paint so much of a picture so if you don't know what we're talking them, about I, i've listened to a lot of podcasts though that do actually these these film alongs and they basically say okay we're starting the dvd in three two one that type of thing so i mean it's it's doable i mean it's we, you know, we, we've thought about doing watch parties for old Owls games that are on YouTube. I, I floated that. Wow. I floated that day. I think at least a year, at least a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, uh, maybe it was for the last bye week for all I remember, but I, I, I was doing the off season uh, two off seasons ago. I floated that right. idea. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll figure everything out. We'll figure everything out. We'll uh, let it update everybody, uh, what we're going to be doing. And, um, if we have to tape it early, we'll tape it early, and then we'll be a we'll we'll watch along with a watch along, uh, like everybody else. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep everybody up to date. Uh, if you yeah. want, if you want to listen to any of the past shows for AFL tonight, uh, wrong show, uh, oh. <laughs> Alouette's Flight Deck. That's that's pretty good for Alouette's Flight Deck. Um, you can go over to AlouettesFlightDeck.ca, or you can head over to uh, to Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. Or Spotify. Oh, I forgot Stitcher too, and Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, if you want to contact us on social media, I know we're still looking into this thing, and we mentioned it a few weeks ago. Um, but currently, you can reach us on Twitter over at Alouettes FL Deck. Um, besides that, Cliff, uh, anything uh, anything else you want to bring up before we finish up the show this week? Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're still no further ahead as far as the Alouette's owner, ownership situation goes. Nope. Uh, uh, 
Apparently, uh, names that we thought were out of the running are suddenly back in the running, or maybe they're not. Again, once again, the dreaded cone of silence uh, surrounding the team just all we can do is speculate at this point, uh, but uh, we we're hearing rumblings that uh, a couple other names that were, as we said, cast aside before are suddenly back in play or yep. just might be okay. back in consideration. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I'm just as confused as the rest of you folks. So uh, all, all we can do at this point is just hope and pray that uh, this is all part of doing like the due diligence, like properly vetting every possible candidate and seeing Who's going to make it work and who could actually make this team successful and relevant again here in Montreal like that. And that's that's all we really want is just someone that we know that is going to lead this team for years to come and help do what it takes to make them prosperous again. So if this is all part of the process, then so be it. But I mean, you, you still got more questions than answers. And that's the unfortunate part is because people do ask Tim, like people ask me all the time, like, what's going on in Montreal? And I just can't give a. A good answer like I, I go on these other podcasts and i want to talk about it but at the same time it's just like i don't know either and just when you think you've got something figured out it's like oh no this uh this name's out of the out of the running or now you've got this group that's potentially right. interested in the team and you just you, you almost can't tell like it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing and kind of thing it's just you, you just don't know what to say and like i once again, I'm, I'm left with more questions than answers. And that's the frustrating part more than anything else, because we just don't know what the heck is going on. Yeah. And, and there's actually a very interesting interview that was done. It's actually, if you check it via our social media uh, channels, it, it's there. The link is there. Um, uh, Clifford Stark was actually called in before the game and spoke with Rick Moffat uh, on TS and 690 for the game on Friday. Very, I, I know you haven't listened to the entire thing, Cliff, but a very interesting piece. Um, and, and what he it's just so weird, you know. They talk about this exclusive windows, exclusivity, etc. I get that, you know. Uh, Mr. Guzzo had the exact same thing. Um, but it's a very interesting listen. Head over to our head over to our Twitter account specifically. I think I tweeted it out also that I'm, I'm at repact R E P P A C T. Uh, I think Cliff. I think Cliff is going to give it a, a share. Also, he's over at Cliffy D. Um, but take a listen to that. It's about six, seven minutes long. But it's it's very interesting to to hear. I just don't know what's going on. That see, that's the problem too, Cliff. We don't know what's going. We hear it, but we don't know who who's doing it. We don't know what's going on. You know what? We we you and I have made a better choice at spending the money that we did at the sports book in Atlantic City on the Alouettes to win the Grey Cup. Then we can get with this. This right now would be lost money. <laughs> oh. Although part of me wonders too, like especially as you know the Alouettes lose their first regular season game, uh, have all these issues. I, I can't help but wonder if maybe we should have waited and then put a bet. Maybe now the odds are even worse, and maybe if things turn around, then we could have gotten more money. But well, point is, we we made our claim, and uh, whatever happens, happens. I mean, yeah. Believe me, I've wasted $5 on worse things in my life. Yep. So, And uh, something that came up because I was going to be busy tomorrow night. Uh, Cliff is going to be on, I guess, inter- an internet sports talk show uh, tomorrow. You want to give a plug for that? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be joining uh, Herb FM for uh, a little chat about the Alouettes as to what's uh, going on. Uh, I'm not sure what all, is gonna, what all we're going to talk about. I imagine just about the Alouettes in general and, and – you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be asked about this uh, ownership situation and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you folks are interested, uh, definitely tune into that. Uh, I'll tweet out the, the link, of course, uh, a little bit later on on my, my Twitter account, which is at Cliffy D. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, thing, definitely. Uh, the best thing you can do, actually, if you do a general search for Herb FM, it's H-E-R-B-F-M, one word, sports radio. Uh, it, most of the links will come up there. Uh, one is his Twitter account. Um, but the best thing you can, he's at, uh, at Herb, uh, Herb FM. Uh, he's over at Weebly, W E E B L Y. That's at, it's Herb FM sports radio.weebly.com. Uh, it's a live stream that he'll have there. And I know he has another one too. It's over at Spreaker also, if I remember correctly, it's a uh, Spreaker.com, uh, slash user slash Herb FM sports radio. But, uh, I know, Cliff will tweet it out. I know uh, Herb FM will be tweeting it out on his on his uh, link also over on Twitter. And uh, yeah, just give a just give a listen. Uh, what time is it at, Cliff? 
Uh, they'll be uh, Wednesday evening around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Perfect. Perfect. So, so yeah, definitely uh, tune in, and like I said, we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk more Alouettes football because Lord knows I, I can't get enough of that. I can't get enough of uh, talking about this team. Uh, hopefully I can shed some positive light on it still, but uh, I just hope it's not going to be more more questions than answers again. Yeah, yeah. something that we'll find out. So uh, stay tuned to our other social media accounts to find out more information on what we're going to be doing next week. But I think we we're going to try this uh uh, try this a little bit of, a, of an experiment because it, I will admit, as I mentioned to Cliff, it is a DVD that I have, but it is a DVD that I have not watched in who knows how long. So uh, I think it'll be fun to do. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, so Cliff, I'm glad to be back, sir. Uh, I want to thank everybody who gave a shout out to me and, and wish, wishing me uh, the, uh, the best. Uh, again, I don't wish uh, upon anybody what i had even my enemies so i don't wish uh, i don't wish it upon anybody it was just absolutely brutal so but uh, i'm glad to be back so uh and uh you know uh hey what better than talk about alouette's football right cliff exactly and now the season's underway this bye week is just about over we're gonna get back into things back into the back in the habit of weekly uh podcasts again i mean if nothing else if nothing else tim how can we not be excited about that being able to sit and talk Alouette's football on a weekly basis. Hopefully we'll get some more players to come on board the flight deck and join us. Talk about the season as well. I mean, this, this has potential to be exciting times. So, and now it counts. Now it's for real. So I, I'm just hoping that this team gives us some really good stuff to talk about in this, in this coming season. I agree. I agree. So uh, we will be well, we will be uh, speaking to you guys next week. Uh, I guess for our uh, for our watch party. So for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.